And he says that, like, chop up the soul beats. He says that in the old Kanye. Like, the soul beats were a very soothing, fun, nostalgic sound that he tapped into into his fans. Hmm. Um, but the new Kanye d- messes with that, knows that they like the soul beats and will introduce one in terms of, like, lift yourself and then start rapping poopity scoop. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the sixth episode of No Small Thing. I'm Macy. And I'm Scott. And today's episode, are we calling it Kanye West? Yeah, I think so, or maybe just Kanye. Yeah, our topic for the week is Kanye West, and I'm excited to talk about this. I think Macy is approaching this with a little bit of fear and trepidation. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Kanye West is very intriguing to me, but it's a very loaded topic. Yeah. So we want to start with like a lighter introduction. That was our plan. <laughs> we're, we're giving you a, a taste of things to come. In a little bit, we're going to talk about Kanye, but we're going to start by doing a reflection on our five episodes. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a big journey for us, a big, huge journey. These five episodes. I feel like it's felt like, a, oh gosh, it feels like months that ago mm-hmm. when we did the first episode. The pilot seems a long time ago. It feels crazy. Yeah. Like thinking back to when we were like at Evergreen's random times planning feels like. Yeah. Matthew's distance. here at the table and um, we, we went to Evergreen's where Matthew works. Not his actual location, but Matthew works for Evergreen's. True. Which uh, gives us half if you're salad, not a Seattleite, it, it's a really nice... Uh, <laughs> Salad uh, s- chain. <laughs> can I call it a chain? It's a Seattle chain. It's a Seattle chain. You can get really nice salads. We're in multiple cities now, Kirkland and Bellevue, and Portland next year. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were at Evergreens. We were at some coffee shops, uh, Diablo, Macrina, planning and dreaming about possibly starting a podcast. And then we did it. We bought some microphones. Yeah, buying microphones episodes. was the number one way yeah. to get a podcast going just get those microphones <laughs> uh, because we could talk about it so we have done five episodes we did a pilot we did uh art of playlist making we did age and wisdom we did 21 pilots and we did enneagram and this week kanye and and we're a little uh nervous about that just because we we want to display in our first episodes that we're covering all sorts of different topics, but we're oh, very yeah. aware this is like our third music episode, which hmm. isn't necessarily surprising because we are big music fans. I would say it is our third music episode, but I also I think Kanye is a little bit outside of music. Oh, I like that. So I don't I, know. I feel like I was prepared to say something similar. So <laughs> you stole my <laughs> <Good>. thunder. <laughs> um. Well, well, so so what what has it been like? What's the journey been like? From the pilot episode to now. What, Are you, what you asking me yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. How, how, how has it been? Has it been fun? Has it been... What's, do, you have, do you have a oh. sense of new identity? Oh, it's been so many things. Let's talk about it. <laughs> this has been really, like, almost terrifying for me, mm. but also really good. Like, it's been really exciting, but also really, really scary. I, I don't... 
every single week, I really question every episode and everything that I said. So <laughs> that is something that I'm learning and I'm growing from that, I think. And it's also been like simultaneously so fun because I get to talk about things that I've been like thinking about for forever. And it's Am I still supposed to? How many things am I going to say? As many as you want. As many? All right. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, also, it's been fun for Scott and I to do this. It's mm-hmm. We've grown as friends. He's We've had to probably trust each other more. We have to be really honest about everything we want to do and talk about, which has been fun and growing. I get super nervous. I get really, 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 really nervous before every Are, are you able to name anything that makes you nervous, like something <laughs> in particular, or is it just the overall? Like, I will say... As Macy's podcasting partner, um, you know, we, sh- we show up to whatever location we're <laughs> going to be recording at, and everything is fairly decent until we start pulling out the equipment, <laughs> and then that's when Macy really starts to get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, freaking out. I don't know. It's a lot of things. I think it's the idea of holding a microphone. It's the thought that, like, these words could go out, and then people could be affected in some way and then it could negatively affect them and I worry about them. Yeah, I like, you, you, you don't, I think one of the differences between you and me with the podcast is like, you don't, you don't necessarily get as nervous about sounding unintelligent or uninformed. You, you're mostly worried about harming someone, like giving bad yeah, advice or something. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't think about that at all. I always think of that. I just hope that like... I guess that's more selfless than my I, No, fear. I just don't... I'm just worried about sounding like an idiot. I just want to like be, keep grounded that like I'm just one voice. Like I'm just one person in like the... I don't know, seven billion plus people on this planet. <laughs> what's what's been the most enjoyable elements for you? Most enjoyable? Oh, for sure, deep diving things. A hundred percent. Good like, answer. The best. Good thing. answer. Good answer. <laughs> Let's see it on the board. Number two answer. Deep <laughs> like, diving things. <laughs> Good answer. I, I get so very pumped about deep diving. I get it's like very exciting. I always love school. This is like school on some level. And it's wow, that part of that, school. Wow, isn't that interesting? It, I don't think that's ever been said on the podcast. I don't think any of us including me know that you like school. I mean, I've always thought you achieved at school, but I didn't know you liked it. No, I just like learning. I just like I really yeah. always just really like learning. If I like found a passion in school, I would be like pumped about it. I was so sad to end college. <laughs> yeah, school's great. I, I think I think people, like our church that we work at is right next to the University of Washington, and I go on a lot of walks around campus, and I'm just like looking at these kids thinking they have no idea how good they have it. What a crazy I know. system. I know. You just get to walk around a beautiful campus and learn, <laughs> and what? it's so silly how much we talk about being stressed about school when it's one of the most luxurious things you could possibly be doing with your time. Yeah. Oh, but it sounds like you really... Indulged in that. I didn't. I didn't indulge that in my undergrad, but definitely in seminary, I was very aware of how privileged and cool what I was doing was. I like loved. I really loved school, and I like really took advantage of it in the sense that like I was like, well, professors are here; they're getting paid. I will meet with each of them. I would talk (laughs) to all of them. Well, it's really funny because you have treated each episode almost like an assignment. Yeah, like you've really taken it seriously. Okay, what? Oh, you have to tell me your favorite part. Oh, my favorite part. Um, I'm really curious. My favorite part of the podcast so far, among many, many favorite parts, is having an outlet to let myself just talk about the things I want to talk about. Oh, and have yes. it And have it be a useful thing. It's not like a, well, 
at least here in this room, nobody seems to be indulging me or like placating me. That's, yeah. that's a word I keep using. Yeah. And whether or not somebody chooses to listen, I can't imagine somebody's indulging or placating me when they're actually listening to this podcast. So that's true. Um, to think that like it's actually useful for one of the phrases that Macy and I have just started using that kind of came out of nowhere, I think. I don't know who used it first, but we keep saying thought train. Oh, is that yeah, a you phrase? Keep, it was me. I had the image. Yeah. It's a very strong image oh, in my brain. It's a of great like, image. Of like all of these different trains coming into one spot and it's too many at once. Yeah. And then you're just stuck with so many thoughts. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think in both of our lives, the thought train possibly isn't really truly appropriate in certain social situations. Oh, yeah. Even no. though we'd like it to be. Yeah. And, and we're very cognizant of the potential of overwhelming people. And so it's cool yeah. to think that the thought train is actually really appropriate here and not only appropriate, but invited and necessary. And uh, yeah, I, I, it, I mean, we talk about the idea of freedom. Yeah. It feels very free. And uh, I mean, this is going to sound crazy too. I've, I've liked the editing. Like I edit the podcast on yeah. Friday and Saturday, basically. That's been fun. But this sounds, this, I, I, I guess it doesn't sound crazy. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm trying to lean into this. But I like listening to our podcast afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I feel proud, honestly. I feel proud. And it's cool to think that we had this idea where we thought this might work and, and you and I would have potentially good chemistry and we would be able to follow our thought trains and stuff like that. And it, it was a 50-50 shot, I think. Like, we could have recorded and thought, ah, really? We, we I kind of thought it was like a 90% shot. It would be good. I, I don't think Which I thought that. Which is funny because I'm probably the one that's the most critical of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I thought that. I, I, cause, just because I had no reference point. I'd never done this. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I've done podcasts before and I yeah. know it works. And so it was cool just right after the first episode to think that worked. And then it, it's, in my opinion, has continued to work. And it's yeah. really cool to listen and think I'm an actual fan of our own podcast. What a, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. So being proud of yourself is a cool feeling. Yeah. It, as small as it is seeing, I sitting at this very table and Matthew was like, we're officially on iTunes. And that was a cool feeling. You know, it's yeah. like, there's a whole thought train about what I've enjoyed, but something going off of your what you were saying about uh giving it a platform basically after every one of my classes that I took for specifically my reconciliation minor like I would come back from the class and just have to talk about that class for so long there was too many small things in those classes I just could talk forever and my friends just like really graciously put up with me but it probably was like so annoying but this is the place where we get to do it and the random people who aren't annoyed by it mm -hmm. can keep listening mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, do you have any confirmation that your friends were annoyed uh, yeah okay <laughs> that's good yeah i i think uh i was saying this to macy too a few weeks ago or days ago um my wife and i were in seminary together and it was a similar thing like we we oh, both yeah. loved 
having the other person come back from the class mm-hmm. and download the information. You know, yeah. most of the classes in seminary were like three hours long. Yeah, Personally, like recording for me is fun. I think Macy is a little bit more nervous about actually recording. Yeah. But I look forward to recording. I feel like this is a, a fun conversation. So uh, th- another question we had is, uh, what, what has been a favorite moment or moments from past episodes? Like, what do you like about past episodes oh. that we've done? I mean, I, of course, loved the 21 Violets episode <laughs> so much. What, what did you like about it? Because it's, it's feasible that you could have recorded that and listened to yourself and not liked it. So Yeah, that one I was the least, uh, like... Self-conscious? Self-conscious of, I think. Um, first of all, it was, like, really the next day, like, such a rush that I had shared so much about 21 Violets. And, like, <laughs> I was just, like, so feeling so excited that I could do that. That was just, like, such a good feeling. But also, like, I talked to a lot of random people about it. Like, one of my good friends, Lindsay, my best friend, Lindsay, she uh, listened to Vessel and was, like, I really, like, listened to it and remembered how, like, special it is to me. Mm-hmm. Like, how much migraine meant to me. And, like, and that's just, like, so cool that, like, we get to talk about them again. And, like, that my friends are talking about 21 Pilots again. And that, like, if I can point someone to, like, a cool artist, like, that makes me happy. And just, like, remind us all of cool artists. Yeah. I think there have been some moments in just these five episodes where ideal things have happened. We, we got an email from a friend of ours that was engaging with our playlist thing. Yeah. But um, friends and family have sent us emails or texts that seem to engage with us in a way that... See- seems optimal to me like they're taking away the exact type of thing we'd want them to take away so it's it's landing in the way i would hope it would land at least to these few people you know like we're we're attempting to communicate something and then somebody else gets something entirely different from it i'm like well how how did that happen yeah so for example my brother shane you know said your passion for 21 pilots didn't necessarily get him to be a 21 pilots fan although he really enjoyed trees. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it reminded him of how, how fun it is for him to be a fan of Bright Eyes. Yeah. Oh. And I think Roberts. that's what's so cool is anybody, anybody listening, I'm sure, can say, oh, I, I, let, let me give 21 Pilots a listen. But it's not about necessarily 21 Pilots. It's about all of us indulging in our passions or the bands that move us yeah. and yeah, my dad listened to Moody Blues. I think that's what yeah, he Yeah, see? Yeah. I heard from lots of different people that had that happen. It was like, it doesn't even matter what they think about 21 Pilots. They were inspired by you spending time expressing your love for 21 Pilots, which I love. What was your high? I, I, I think as a, for like a high, it's really funny to think back to past episodes. I, 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 Macy and I said... Four episodes ago seems like a year ago almost to me. Yeah. So like the Enneagram episode is the most present in my mind. Yeah. And it it's funny to listen to that episode and just last week. And I was really genuinely laughing at lots of parts in that episode. <laughs> like the, the part where we're talking about <laughs> boxing people in and stuff. And I was really riffing. <laughs> and, and and listening it back in retrospect, there's there's times where you could listen to something like that and think, this is crazy. I was acting so weird. 
And I'm listening to that, and I'm like, oh, man, I totally agree with myself. <laughs> it, it, I was spot on. <laughs> I love how self-assured you are. Yeah. yeah. I'm not always like that. There have been times where I've, I've is... said something kind of cringy and wanted to edit it out, and I'm like, no, leave it in. Gotta that's real. It in. Yeah. got to be real. But uh, Gosh, that's I, funny. I think... Yeah, I feel like this brings out a funny side of you. Yeah. It, it, at, at moments, in moments. I guess, I guess I'm asking what is our favorite part. But, oh. but maybe I'd say... Oh, what is our favorite part? No, no, no. I guess I'm changing the question. Oh. Like, in my head right now. Okay. I would say, what is what is the thing so far in just five episodes that I'm most proud of or mm. most excited about? And it's this dynamic of curiosity. I, I uh, that's Yeah, one of the, that's what, true. One of the words people keep using when they message me, too, is curiosity. And you're curious, and I'm curious, and I, I always appreciate looking back on an episode where you've paused and asked a really important question and listened and drawn something out of me. I think that's really cool. Yeah. (laughs) And vice versa. Like, I think we both ask each other good questions and create the space to listen. And I've been really like, but since we started, I don't even, did we know in your head was curious a theme word when we Mm, started making mm. the podcast? No, a passion, uh, fandom, i would never been that obsessed with the word, and now yeah. I'm, like, obsessed with it. Yeah, that's what's really cool. So, something something bubbles up just by starting. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, but you start, Yeah. and something happens. Yeah, I think lead with curiosity and wonder. Okay. Uh, uh, well, so we were going to do reviews. Oh, yeah. Thank you for people writing reviews. Uh, okay, I want to say this. Scott's going to say this. If anybody's listening to this and would be willing to get on iTunes... <laughs> And write us a review and rate us, fine. And fine. I, like I said, <laughs> uh, oh, no, more than fine. You. Great. No, thank, thank you. you. Great. <laughs> fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> write us a review. I, I, fine. I, I, I'm not, I, that came across way more indifferent than I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had some good reviews. We're a five out of really, five right the now. The thing is, the reviews are also really kind. 28, 28 uh, ratings. We should read Jessica's. I don't know who's. It's so thoughtful. Jay Stuns. Jay Stuns? It's so sweet. Okay, hold on. Uh, She's a one. Okay, I got it. Okay, I'm going to read a few <laughs> reviews. Here's here's some reviews that we really appreciate. Thank you for anybody. Uh, having said that, I want to say I, I would be very entertained by a negative review. This, oh, this is what I want to recommend. <laughs> this is what I want to recommend. Maybe this is a wild idea. I just thought of it right here in this moment. <sighs> Give us five stars and then write a negative review. You know what I mean? What, how fun is that? Like, then I can, I can handle the negative review even better. But oh, why not? Do, even do it as, like, messing with us. I don't know. But, like, give us five stars and then write a negative review. Whatever. <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> I think, I think giving, you, giving us five stars gives you permission to just go in a, in a really I, goofy way with your review. Go ahead. And, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying right now. But let's, let's read a few of these reviews. This is uh, Jay Stuns. Yeah. And this is a friend of Macy's. Here I go. I'm going to read it. The list of topics in the pilot episode has me hooked on the podcast already. I can't wait to see where Macy and Scott take this show. If you want to listen to people who are curious and passionate, give no small thing a listen. That was so sweet of Jay. Do you want to pick one to read? Sure. We really appreciate the reviews. Okay. This one is so sweet because I always get trashed on for being too optimistic. A cure for cynicism. This is my brother. I love this podcast already. The hosts, Macy and Scott, have a canny knack for being able to appreciate all sorts of things, and their enthusiasm is contagious. 
Honestly, I get bored very easily by most things and often fail to appreciate things that, if I paid closer attention, would find beauty and meaning and interest in. Listen to this podcast if you want to be less cynical and more curious, interested, and engaged. See? That was like the kindest review. People keep bringing up this word curious. That wasn't even something we talked about. I know. It's really, really But we are curious. I'm Macy sorry. just threw my phone. Sorry. <laughs> should, should I read one more? Is that it? Is that that's enough for now? You think? Y- yeah, I don't care. You can. Kirsten wrote a nice one with some emojis. She said we were deep, which I love because yeah, this was the most recent one. Was is this Walker Ty? I don't know who that Whatever. is. Whatever. This this is um uh, our most recent review said you are all the best, and you make thinking deeply about the oh, world. Yeah, you make me think deeply about the world around me. You also make me feel, quote unquote, okay about thinking deeply. These are the exact types of compliments I would want or reviews. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's That's made- why I feel like people get it. Like we're putting this, we're putting this frequency out into the universe. And, and if somebody had written something that really baffled me, I'm like, how are they getting that out of what we've been saying? That's the exact thing oh, I want. I get what you're saying. Can I just say one thing? This is not to do with reviews. This is another thing that I didn't expect about the podcast that's been so, so cool. I always think that most conversations I have with people are fun, but like it's made me have extra fun conversations with my friends, I'd say. And like I think I get kind of like very like real on this podcast. And I think that like uh it's helped me to like uh be a bit more confident in that, I think, outside mm-hmm. of the space, which has just been so fun. And it's helped my friends to be like me and my friends would just be like, oh my gosh, let's talk about the Enneagram. Like one of my friend, Adrian, she loves the Enneagram and she came over and we just chatted about the Enneagram because now like we both know how much we care about it. Yeah. So that was cool. Maybe the last thing I'd ask as we're fig- finishing up this segment, what are you looking forward to? Uh, <laughs> my first instinctual thought was, I hope I'm not as nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a legit. I, I think that I hope. hope that it makes me less nervous more and more. And I already think I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if better is the right word. You are. But everything we do, like, comes kind of at a risk sometimes. And, like, this feels really risky. Mm. And so, like, I'm just really aware of that. And so I, I'm looking forward to it feeling less risky. It's really trippy when you say stuff like that. Just, just because I so profoundly remember being 23 and it's so strange to think that there just is not any shortcut to aging you know and at at this stage I can't imagine what it'd be like to be doing a podcast with 38 year old I I don't know what that would be like but I also yeah I bet (laughs) I I, it to me it feels so natural and fine and whatever (laughs) but I can't imagine what it'd be like to be you but also in terms of just communication and voice and at this stage in my life, I was stepping into a career as a speaker and I just remember planning a talk for a church, you know, and I would record myself. I'd practice in front of the mirror and I would get so nervous. And then I would hear lots of feedback from Marissa, my wife in particular at the time, which was so helpful, but also strange you know i just remember the simple things of mm. for example saying like too much in my talks yeah. or I like too much. um using bad grammar like i remember high schoolers correcting me on my grammar me, me saying things like more better mm. i would do that a lot more better and then i got super paranoid about using that poor grammar but there's just something that feels for lack of a better 
phrase unnatural. Mm. And I think the more you do it, the more natural you feel. You're, so you're Maybe looking forward day. to get being less nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> That's simple. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I have made probably over 300 videos over the years. Yeah. And it, it's been more of a hobby. Like I haven't put it out into the world in a broad sense. So, so far it has been so satisfying to see something that we've worked on and created put out in an official mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. Yeah. I love the idea of seeing episode 50, episode 100. That yeah. feels like a very tangible accomplishment. And it seems like this beautiful way to capture a conversation that would have happened regardless. Mm-hmm. No, and, true. And then do something with it. We have the uh, right. We have the capacity. I I guess I would just say that it's been so fun to do something that feels so... uh, What's the best word? This just feels fun. Mm, And and there doesn't need to be more reason for it than that. I know. It really is fun. Nobody's making us. I know. That's why I want to say that my other... My hope isn't just to be less nervous. I like... It's more of just like... This is so fun, but it also like comes with a lot of like mental challenges for me, mm-hmm. which have been like, I'm just like figuring out, you know, mm-hmm. but like, it's so freaking fun. Well, uh, that, that's going to conclude our, our segment, our catch up, our, our recap, our, uh, yeah. Check in. No, check in. That's our check in. Uh, stay tuned where we're going to start talking about Kanye. If you're not interested in talking about Kanye, uh, go ahead and, and yeah. turn off the podcast. Yeah, you can, and that's fine. Maybe this was a nice little check-in for you. And uh, if you're interested, stay tuned for a Kanye discussion. Yeah. I, I guess I guess at the very least, I'll promo our Kanye conversation right it, now. Uh, it's going to be provocative and controversial, and maybe you like that sort of thing. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> So this week, our topic is Kanye West, and I think one of the reasons we chose this topic this week is that I specifically, am a, I've been a Kanye fan for over 15 years, a big Kanye fan. Yeah, like uh, almost, big, one of the biggest. pretty much like similarly to the way I am a Tyler Joseph fan yeah. is the way Scott I would say my, my top three, my top three <coughs> favorite bands are Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar, and Beach House, which Beach House is this weird outlier. I know, Beach House is so I funny. I just love Beach you House, love and we Beach have been blessed with so much music this year like beach house came out with an album it's so hard to keep up like it's usually so i've just given much. like a beach house album or a kendrick album but this year it's it's been jay-z and beyonce it's been beach house and it's been four, four kanye. kanye albums but um we're right in the middle of what kanye himself would call yeezy season <laughs> <laughs> and so so uh he's he's released Wait, four that's what he calls it oh yeah we re- he, kanye notes. has released four albums in four weeks and we just thought we're sort we of tapping into the zeitgeist right now by talking about Kanye. What does that mean? That means something that's happening. I mean, don't please look it up and correct me. This isn't going to be, this is an offhand. When I say zeitgeist, it means something that's currently happening in real time, culturally in a big macro level. Oh, I see. Yeah. 
We're relevant. We're, we're, we're trying so hard to be <laughs> relevant right relevant. now. Yeah. Please mention that in your reviews that you write this week. <laughs> this podcast is super so with the time. <laughs> but it's not like we're posing because I'm a, I'm a legit Kanye fan that we, and we've both been following the release of these albums. So I thought this felt very natural to talk about and address the last album in the five albums that have been promised is coming out tonight by Tiana Taylor. Oh, we're not yeah. going to hear it. Uh, they're going to do a listening party. But anyways, Wait, four albums have come out. So can I say a few things? I always ask. Can you say a few things? <laughs> I even Listeners, can I say I let's all collectively give Macy permission I to say a few things. I consciously thought, don't say, can I say a few things? And then I did You can't it. help it. It's crazy. Maybe that's going to become a very endearing thing. We'll make t-shirts. Can I, can say? I say a few things? <laughs> okay. Can I say something? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to say something. I, I'm not like a super fan, but I am a big fan in like a weird way. Every time I like really sit down and listen to Kanye, I'm always incredibly touched and like very moved. And I like view him in like my list of like, I don't know, this makes me sound so like, I don't know, like uppity or like, oh, but like, he's like. Go he's like it. an artist. Like he's like, yeah, he's we're going to talk about that. He's someone who's like a little bit on a different, like a level to me and like I feel like he's prophetic and I don't it's a scary word for me to say I think because I like I view it really weightily so I'm not like crazy super fan which makes me feel like I don't even know if I have the voice like the I don't know the backing to even say those things but every time that I encounter his music or his him in interviews like more him in interviews than anything mm. I'm like I feel provoked well, when, let me say that as a fan. I think I think I'm very intrigued to hear what your fresh new experiences are as a young person, especially because Kanye is pretty much my age, maybe a year older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- people keep using this phrase, which I think love. I think it's great. Hip hop music or rap music is still aging. Like it's 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 certain people like Kanye and Jay Z and others like that are aging with hip hop. Like I guess. There are certain people that were there in the early days, like Run DMC, who were like the them and others were the, like the founders of hip hop, and they're probably in their early fifties. Hmm. So hip hop is still a very modern, new genre, and oh, so so Jay Z and Kanye are some of the elder statesmen, hmm. and people have referred to this as dad rap, and even Charlemagne the God referred to the new Beyonce and Jay Z as. Uh, adult contemporary hip hop, which nobody's ever referred to something like that. And I think it's amazing. I love that. Like we've never had like adult <laughs> contemporary hip hop. It's always been adult contemporary, but like it's, it's really uh, fitting, you know? <laughs> so it's interesting to hear a young person's take on Kanye. Uh, so, so I don't think you need to worry about a young person. A young person. Well, I uh, just more than anything, like a, I'm not like a person who's, I haven't like listened to, every album all the way through thoughtfully. Yeah, you can't you can't say anything then. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, just I, I I'm to, really curious to, to hear what the skeleton the click know. thinks about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll, so, so let me say one final thing as um so, so maybe there's Kanye fans, maybe there's I'm I'm sure there's mostly Kanye haters actually. In my sphere of friends, most people are Kanye haters. I would say most of my friends Most are people Kanye are very haters. confused that I like Kanye. But I, I want to say something quick about what's been happening. Whether you, I don't think most people know this. 
I think this is really interesting. Yeah, I would not have known if I wasn't friends okay. with him. Okay, so Kanye's biggest album of all time is called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's it's probably the most, one of the most, that's what I, please let me correct myself, one of the most revered albums of all time in, in all categories, rock, hip-hop, whatever. It's one of the top albums. Like if you were to say in the last 50 years, what are the top albums, top 10 albums, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy would be in the conversation, whether or not it made the top 10. Hmm. And it was a time when he had made four or five albums and the way he did this album was he moved to Hawaii for a year or more. And he just was out there working on this album. And what he would do is, which was novel, at least in my understanding at the time, was just fly all the most talented people out to Hawaii mm-hmm. to visit him in his studio. So Boney Vare was, was invited out. That was, a, that was a pretty novel thing for a hip-hop, hip-hop artist to do. And all these people. He, it doesn't seem like he necessarily did that with Yeezus doesn't necessarily seem like he did that with the life of Pablo. I'm sure I know for a fact that he involved a lot of collaborators, but it didn't seem like he took this big break hmm. where he went to a place. Like Hawaii yeah. was such an interesting place. Like he left. Yeah. yeah. And then just recently, it's almost like Willy Wonka or something. No, I like think that. okay, I think he had done that before with other albums in Hawaii. Maybe I, maybe I don't know about it. Well, I was watching like a a random like entertainment documentary on do you know eight oh eights or it was graduation? No, it was graduation, mm. I think. That that, that I'm I'm uh, probably maybe Hawaii was a maybe big place. Maybe Hawaii for him. was a big place for him. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So as a fan, one one th- one image that often sticks out to me is the Willy Wonka chocolate factory, like in lore, mm-hmm. metaphorically, mm-hmm. that it like shuts down. And you can think about this mm-hmm. as like a Twenty One Pilots fan right now. Yeah. And it, if you watch the movie, like the old seventies movie. There's this creepy scene where Charlie Bucket is walking in front of the factory and this creepy guy says, it's shut down. Nobody ever comes in. Nobody oh, ever comes so out. It's creepy. It's creepy. And something's happening in there and being created. And you know it's full of life, but you're not getting it. You're not seeing it. And we, I feel like we had a certain similar experience with hearing that he's in Wyoming all of a sudden. Hmm. Like all of a sudden, Wyoming has become the new Hawaii. And we've heard about all these artists like Mos Def and The Dream and Nas and Talib Kweli and and uh, Ty Dollar Sign and Travis Scott and all these other people coming out to Wyoming. All these people. All these people, and they're posting we on their Instagram. And it's so like much. Kanye is not posting about it, but like obviously something big is happening in Wyoming, and now we know. And Kanye posted on his Twitter at some point that he'd be releasing five albums in fun in five weeks. And most people didn't believe him. They thought he was just talking trash on his Twitter. Yeah. And he's delivered. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. I mean, he still has tonight, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess maybe he, if he doesn't <laughs> deliver tonight, it won't be true. But uh, like I wrote in our notes, these have been the Wyoming sessions. And this is very interesting, to, uh, I think, to think about. Should I, we say what they are? Yeah. I, but I just want to say I think these five albums are the album. Like people say, yeah. oh, it's just seven Songs like each album has been seven songs, which is also a deep thing to talk about. But people, people obviously appropriately, each album has got its own rating, its own you know engagement. But I think ultimately, in terms of just Kanye at the center of all of it, this is the album. He from his Hawaii time, he produced My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. From this time in Wyoming, he's given us five albums, and I want I think they should be judged as a collective ultimately. 
when history is written. Like when we look back on this 20 years from now, I think we'll be looking at them as a whole. Yeah. Okay. The first album that came out of the Wyoming Sessions was an album from Pusha T, who is one half of the Clips, a group I love. And the album was called Daytona. This is this has been in terms of reviews the best reviewed album out of the Wyoming yeah, because sessions. I was looking at Pitchfork and they mm-hmm. got really bad reviews, like kind of mean in the way they reviewed them. Well, nothing's gotten below a seven so far, except from Nas. So, uh, but 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 Pusha T was above an eight, and Ye and Kid Cudi were above a seven, which is good, but yeah. not 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 they Kanye were not level. very nice yeah. though in the way they were writing about it. Yeah, that's something we should talk about. <laughs> so the first <laughs> album was Daytona by Pusha T. The second album was Yay by Kanye. Which is good. Yeah, really good. <laughs> the, the third album was Kid See Ghost. Which is the best. Yeah, I think both Macy and I agree that's our favorite. And the fourth was Nasir by Nas. And the one that's coming out tonight is, I don't know the, the album title, but it's by Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor. So we'll see what that's all about. But... um. Have you really listened to the Nas one? I have. Uh, And that's a big conversation. Again, I'll say this and maybe edit it out. Uh, Nas is hip-hop royalty. Yeah, Um, I know that. He's in the conversation for the top five best rappers of all time. And he came out with an album, basically, correct me if I'm wrong, when he was like 18. And it was, it is sort of the distilled... uh, essence of what hip-hop is meant to be in the sense that he was a disenfranchised, marginalized black youth growing up in Brooklyn, Hmm. and he wrote down his story. He wrote his story through rap, and it was, it's, 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 it could be the best hip-hop album of all time. It's in the conversation. It's definitely in the top five, if not the top three. (laughs) Um, He has had a very strange career in the sense that he's never topped that album. Hmm. And he is known for, like, Jay-Z has never had an album that's been reviewed below, like, a seven or something like that. He hasn't had consistently amazing albums, but Nas has had albums that have, rebu- have been reviewed as, like, a two. Hmm. Like, he's had terrible albums. So hmm. people are so confused. Like, how can this legend make such an atrocious album? Hmm. Whether it's lyrically, but he's also known for choosing really poor producers and beats. Hmm. Um so Nas is an interesting character, but um, wow, wow. Raph, this is just the <laughs> this is just like shows you how much once you start to like enter into a world, like how much there's it is like, a world. There's so much it I can't believe world. all the information you have about I it. <laughs> I know my my best friend growing up was a hip hop fan, and I was uh, a a Christian. My dad was a pastor, and I listened. Um, by default to Christian artists. Hmm. And my friend was always giving me, I remember coming back from a ski bus trip and listening to NWA hmm. and, and they were talking about F the police <laughs> and I was just so intrigued, you know, and he was always playing me Wu-Tang Clan or Digable Planets or Tribe Called Quest. Uh, my friend, his name is Eric. And uh, well, I, it just, I, I was in. The seeds, I was totally the seeds the of a seeds. rap fan for and, life. And so I was just in. I, I've been in since. I've been in for my whole life, basically, yeah. you know, 30 years, basically. So I'm, I'm going to set us up briefly to talk about what has been leading up, what has been leading up to the release of the albums. And I just want to address this because we know if you've been following 
the media that Kanye sort of does these crazy mass media assaults almost to get our attention for his next album. And so he did a few of those things. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. This is a few of the big ones. But but one of the big ones was that he posted a picture of him in a, in a Make America Great Again hat signed by Donald Trump. And he was really excited about this hat. And that was really shocking for his fans who would never in a million years think that he would support Donald Trump. And um, was very excited about the fact that he got this signed. Yeah. I also heard that there was like... Because it's like, this is just what I heard in some mm-hmm. random interview, mm-hmm. I think, today. That, like, in rap culture, it's typical that, like, rappers would throw in Trump in their raps. And, like, that's, like, kind of a common thing. And that, like, uh, like a lot of rappers were friends with Trump. But most of them had, like, walked away from their friendships with Trump. But Kanye kind of... That's 100% true. Trump yeah. has, as, as you have used this word in the past, been sort of a trope for success. Yeah. So people love to bring up Donald Trump, rappers especially, who are always su- shooting for more money and more success, invisible signs of success. So <laughs> it's never been risky, though, because Trump has actually always voted uh, uh, sort of skewed liberal and voted Democrat. So this is what's so strange about his current persona. Um, so, yeah, rappers have always associated themselves with Trump. He's, I, I'm sure... My assumption is that Kanye specifically mentioned him in graduation in a song called Barry Bonds, but I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> but, but he's definitely mentioned Trump before. Uh, then Kanye l- released a song leading up to this called Lift Yourself. And it was really weird because I played this for my family and we were so excited because it was one of his original soul beats, like a classic Kanye soul beat. And then it builds and builds and builds. Have I listened to this? I don't think you have. Weird. So this Some was fans. this was one of like the new songs released since Life of Pablo, oh. and it's building and building and building in this cool soul beat, and and these rhythms are coming in, and all of a sudden he comes in a rap, and he just says poop poop poop. Oh, it's that song. Poopity scoop, poopity poopity scoop, and so it's, it's just song. like the ultimate like trolling in a song form. Yeah. And just messing with his fans and audience. It's, it, it really like messed with people and hurt people, I think. <laughs> Wait, I didn't realize that that's what it was. Yeah. I just heard about it as like a thing. Yeah. And, and, then, <laughs> and then since... Um, that's so funny. <laughs> people, what a punk. Yeah, he's a punk. People think of this as like a trademark or something, but every, every rapper has what they would call like an ad lib. I'm, I don't want to impersonate everybody's, but... I'll just draw attention to the idea that Big Sean has one that we all know. Pusha T has one that we all know. You you know them in your head as I'm saying them. Rick I, Ross has hey. some. Okay, I'll, I, the the best <laughs> one I can actually try to. I'm gonna edit all this out. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think I know any of them. Like like, like Luda. Luda, that's a great one. Good job. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I don't think Kanye's ever really had one, but. Uh, oh. It's like Rick Ross, whenever he's on a track, he'll, he'll when, when <laughs> Macy doesn't know who Rick Ross is. That's fine. Um, as he's approaching his Someone verse, you'll start hearing him going, oh, you just hear him start doing that. That's his trademark. That's his ad lib. Kanye has them. Not as, not, since he did the Poopity Scoop song, like if you notice on the oh. new songs that have been coming out, like in his first, on his first one when he came out with Daytona, so he did, he did Poop Diddy Scoop. <laughs> Which is called "Lift Yourself." Uh, the first <laughs> album that came out. 
Yeah, the the first album that the first song that the first album that came out was Pusha T Daytona, and and Kanye is featured on that. And right before he stops rapping, he goes poop, scoop de whoop, poop. <laughs> so he's done that in almost every track. Has since. he done that? On yeah, the yeah, albums? he does it a bunch. I don't even know. Yeah. This. Uh, so, so he, all I'm saying is like some of the drama that got us to where we're at. He, he did the MAGA hat. He did lift yourself. And then he, the biggest one was he went on TMZ live, which was sort of going into the lion's den because TMZ has been stalking Kanye for years and years. He's known for grabbing cameras and throwing them and stuff like that. And so he went right into TMZ and he was trying to, in the name of free speech, say a lot of controversial things. And in the midst of it said he thought, Slavery was a choice and tried to walk back all of his comments the very next day on Twitter, but it didn't, it hasn't sat well with most people. And he let oh. down, this is where I have to like lean into the perspective and the experience of the black community. And one of the TMZ reporters that was there one day, that day was Van Lathan. And I think we're going to try to have Macy read his response because I think it's important to read. Okay. Okay, this is this is the guy that like got into the like discussion with him right yeah, after. Yeah, so Kanye's spouting off, and then he 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 starts yeah. at asking everybody in the room, "Am I speaking freely? Am I a free thinker?" And he's yeah. asking everybody, and Van Lathan confronted him and said this. Yeah, uh, I think what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought, and the reason why I feel like this is because Kanye, you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. There's fact and real life consequence behind everything that you just said. While you are making music and being an artist and living a life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed. I'm appalled. And brother, I'm unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something to me that's not real. And I think that is um, a... a, a, a a beautiful, call it a speech, because it was said in real time. He yeah, said it, it right. Insane. It's like he had oh, prepared it. Oh, I wrote something down because I was Please. watching this today. And, it, it, okay, this is where, so because I think his response, so Kanye goes up and he does this crazy thing, but then his response was really what the meat of it was. Hmm. And I was like, Kanye's Kanye response? No. Yeah, oh, oh, Van Lathan? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Connie just set the fire. That's all he wanted. And now this response, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's really... That was the creative freedom thing where I'm like, if it's really like he says, his mission for doing this was in the name of free creativity, like in speech. Yeah. It's I, so ooh, twisted. That's dark. It's so twisty. Uh, yeah, I think what Macy, you correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I hear you saying. And me. I probably would agree with it, is that in Kanye's world, his sort of manic crazy free thinking has now set up Van Lathan to say this beautiful, eloquent thing. Yeah. And he's provoked him to say it without Kanye's antics. This, this awesome thing wouldn't have been said. Yeah. Well, in Kanye, I wrote this, this is what I wrote down. I wrote down Kanye's free thought gave platform to that thought. Wow. And one of the things I often say is, is that uh, Kanye and Jay-Z in particular have, you know, been this yin and yang thing for years and years and years. Yeah. Jay-Z is known as being the smooth sort of mob boss guy. And um, 
I my image I don't I don't this might be said on the internet but like my image of Jay-Z and Kanye is that Jay-Z is Batman and Kanye is the Joker. <laughs> and the Joker is basically came, come to bring disruption and chaos and anarchy. Hmm. And uh, Batman is trying to contain that and is always the hero in quotes. Hmm. But it, I think one of the things that's so fascinating about Batman, especially the Dark Knight and the character of the Joker, is that you, you sometimes are on the Joker side. You're like, oh, crap, do I actually agree with the Joker? Is Batman out of it? You know, um, that's the question. I, I've never seen Oh, my gosh. That. Oh, come on. So the Dark I Knight? Fully... That's on your to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do Hell Upside. It's the best superhero movie ever made by you. No, no question. There's no competition. There's no question. No I've, question. I beg you two guys all to question that opinion. <laughs> um, What's so sad about the TMZ experience is that Kanye had two, two media experiences set up for people to consume. One was a very, very, very well done, high quality interview with Charlemagne the God from The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah, Club it's like two hours long. That got overshadowed by the TMZ experience. So I think in his mind, he was going to do both, and it was a little bit of a high quality and then more of a sort of a gonzo, throw everything at the wall experience. We don't talk about the Charlemagne the God interview, which is high quality, and Kanye is very lucid and says a lot of great things. And then that got overshadowed by the TMZ experience. But in the TMZ interview or discussion, for the, and he actually addresses this in lots of past interviews, but he addresses this most head-on was this idea of depression and mental illness, opioids. He said he got liposuction. He said he was dealing with depression. And... We, I have some thoughts about that, but Macy had many, many thoughts about that. <laughs> so I, I think it'd be really good for us to hear from Macy. Wow. <laughs> like really what was, what was your experience? No, no pressure. Uh, an invitation. Okay, well. I, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, well, I would say more than anything, I, I like went back and looked at these interviews after listening to Ye. Because mm. Ye is where I really was like, oh, whoa, what is Kanye talking about? That's the second album released in the Wyoming sessions. Yeah, so should I talk about Ye? Sure. It, would that be helpful? Let me, let me also say in the Charlemagne interview, yeah. Kanye says that one of his goals in this album series is to destigmatize mental illness. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's one of the things that gets lost in this whole slavery is a choice thing, which is significant and should be discussed and should not be overlooked. But one of the things that has gotten overlooked is that, which is yeah. a noble yeah. cause, a very noble cause. So what, what, what was your experience with EA when it came out? Okay, well, I think I wasn't, okay, you were more pumped when Ye came out mm -hmm. than I probably was. And I was like, do I listen? First mm -hmm. of all, I was like, do we listen? Do you even listen? Do you listen? You know, and that's the question. And I was like, well. Do you give this guy your attention? Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know. And then I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> then I just said, and I just chose to. And I, I still, like, low-key don't know how I feel about that choice, but it's done. And once I started listening, I was like, well, I've downloaded it. So I'm going to listen. Um, and the cover I saw and Hated, like hated. It is Blue Mountains, which is like my all-time favorite thing. If did you know that? I did not. I love. It's like my favorite color. Wow. I think it's really magical. Like wow. the way Blue Mountains are. It's that, and I was like, 
really, Kanye? Because then it says, I love being bipolar. It's awesome. And I was just like annoyed. Wait, say that, say that again a little <laughs> slower. Because I think that's a huge thing. It says, I love being bipolar. It's awesome. And I... No, I think that's wrong. Is it? He says, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. Oh, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. Yeah. You're right. Um, I didn't... I don't think I had like... I hadn't listened to the Charlemagne the God interview. So I don't think I knew that he was taking it that seriously. And I was just like pissed. He was being flippant about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, like, and then the first song is, like, very aggressive. And I responded, like, really angrily to the whole album at first. But then by the time it was the end and I started listening again, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and now I, like, it's, it's, it's made me think in ways I didn't think I would. And sometimes I don't want to listen to it, but I... Mm think it's opened me up to think about things differently. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm interested in hearing is like as as somewhat of a new Kanye listener. Yeah. What what was your experience like that with that album going from beginning to end? Not 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 track by track, but yeah, like yeah, the yeah, experience yeah, yeah. that you're talking about. Um okay, well, I would say the so like Kanye talks about being bipolar. And mm-hmm. I mean that's the album cover and he kind of talks about like having like manic states almost um and he's just so like raw and real in it and just like uh talks about it in like a, I, I don't know raw is the word i think of when raw. i think of kanye yeah. and like the first song is like all about this idea of just like saying anything and just getting it out there and i know that there's a lot of danger in that like, I feel like there is a lot of danger in that and that Kanye has a lot of fame. And so there's something scary when you're like, you can say whatever and there's no consequence. But there's also, like, I think there's a real danger when we don't have that freedom, though. Because, like, if we, if he can't talk about, if we can't talk about things and there's no air for us to say the thoughts, even the dark thoughts, then, like, they're only going to, like, be suppressed. I don't know. And I just... You do know. You're saying it. I do know. I It's really made me... It's helped me to seem like... The first song, what is it? I Thought About Killing You. Mm-hmm. Like, the first line. Is it, uh, the most beautiful thoughts are always besides the darkest? Mm-hmm. That single line has just affected me in, like, the craziest way. And it's really forced me to try and, like, say my dark thoughts out loud, mm. which I think has been good, but sucky. I think that's good for everybody, and that's really the strange thing, is I don't think Kanye has much... This is where there's sort of a merging of disciplines. I don't think Kanye has a ton of experience... I could be wrong. I don't think he has a ton of experience with psychology and therapy and stuff like that, but I could be wrong for sure. I think he has much more experience with art, but that's what I'm saying about disciplines. Art and psychology often go hand in hand yeah. in a lot of interesting ways. Yeah. Um, but he has a song called Yikes where he starts talking to himself essentially in the song. And by the end he says, I'm talking to myself. That's my superpower. My my bipolar is my superpower. Yeah, um, it's what makes him awesome, and that's provocative. I, I I'm not one to talk about that. Yeah, but it seems part of his goal to destigmatize. Whether he's succeeding or not, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. No. I don't know. I thought about that line so much too. Yeah. It's like it's a that one's scary to me, and that like in some moments I'm like, yeah, like. I, as someone who has anxiety and suffers with some form of mental illness, I feel like there are aspects of it that, like, are, I don't know, 
it's crazy to say beautiful, but they also like really suck. And it scares me when you're like, it's a superpower. And it's like, well, I think Kanye, I, I fear him losing grounding. Mm. And that's what I always, and I think that's what Van Lathan, like, was like, you need to have grounding. And that, like, one line, I'm like, there's so much sometimes good in that, but it's like, it feels a little ungrounded. But what, one of the questions I have, this is a legit question. Yeah. Um, how, how much grace or space should we give Kanye as a, as a listening public? I think we should give... In terms of this new information about like mental illness or bipolar or depression. Define what do you mean by grace? Oh, great grain of salt or space like do you mean no do you mean like second try? Like if he says something like slavery is a choice, it's like, okay, he was having an off day that day. Let's let him come back tomorrow and give a give it a second try. Oh. Um Oh gosh, that's a toughie. Yeah. I don't know. And I've I, thought I, I ask it because I don't have the answer. Yeah, I don't know if I have the answer, but I've been thinking about this idea of like even just this word insane. Because it's like that's tossed out. Like it's stigmatized. Oh, yeah, it's stigmatized. Mm-hmm. And I mean I say the word. I say the word crazy, not sure if I should or not. Like it's there's these words that we use and we say like, oh, what Kanye did was insane. And it's like was it insane in the sense of like truly like insane as in like a true mental breakdown? And like, does he need like, we have to be aware of that, but like also bipolar disorder is like very intense and like Mm -hmm. a very like serious mental illness that needs like true understanding. And like, uh, so Kanye is somebody with a lot of resources that has a lot of money and has access to a lot of doctors and medication. So maybe that's part of the risk is, treating this is he treating it flippantly i don't know i guess i just worry that people will be like oh and then he just says it's because he's bipolar and then they'll be like was using it as a, like as a crutch mm-hmm. hmm. i think there's probably people who say that do you imagine that people that live with bipolar disorder are would feel encouraged or mostly discouraged i don't know i though i've only heard of one person via a tangential podcast who hmm. does have bipolar disorder who loves Kanye and mm. said that this album meant a lot to them. Mm. So I don't know. And as someone who as someone who has anxiety and can understand on some level, I think the way Kanye f- experiences like being like or just mental illness, there's a sense of like lack of control almost. Like I've found solidarity in this album. And that's it's hard cuz like I don't know if I should like this album or not, but I'm finding solidarity in it. Should, yeah, I don't know. It's up to you. I feel I feel guilty for liking it. I, I think I th- it seems like there's some. I'm I'm not. I don't think this is big uh, that big of a stretch. I think there's some crossover between this and Twenty One Pilots, like especially the Kid Cudi album oh, or the Kid Cudi Ghost album. The Kid Cudi Ghost album. I'll, we're going to talk about the albums in detail later, but I don't think we have time. But yeah, I'll just we're say already really out of out of the four albums that have come out, so that's Daytona, Yay, Kids See Ghost, and Nasir. And I'm pretty sure we agree that our favorite is Kids See Ghost. Kids See Ghost is by far my favorite. That's my favorite. Oh, it's so good. Everyone should listen. Everyone should really, if you're just gonna start and you're like, I don't know, start at track five. I Whoa, mean start reborn. at track four. Is that reborn? It's, it's reborn. Yeah, it's yeah. reborn. <laughs> Reborn's so good. Let's let's just let's just do a, a quick skim of Kids See Ghosts. This is the third album that was released. Our favorite. The most recommended. 
Yeah. If 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 you're if you're a Kanye hater, go ahead and skip the Kanye West album. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I'm not fine. even recommending it. That's if you, fine. If you're if you're already a doubter or a Kanye West skeptic, go ahead and skip it. Skip the Kanye West album. It's called Yay. Skip the Pusha T album. Get that out of here. Yeah. Even though I love it, I, I'm not recommending it. I am highly recommending, no matter who you are, no matter what. Oh my god. Kind of <laughs> genre of music you like. You gotta listen to the Kids See Ghost album. Yeah, it's good. It's it's just an objectively good album. It got such a bad review on Pitchfork. No, it got like a seven point three. That feels bad to me. I have lots to say about that. Okay, well. That I won't say, but do you I, want I, no, I'll say that it's been really interesting to me for me to watch because I think their opinion of Kanye has skewed their reviews, and I think yeah, they, they seem so biased. Yeah. Like I was reading it, and I was like, they just hate Kanye. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. I think I was. I was watching some random thing on YouTube, I think, because I'm just like have this crazy Kanye information I've been trying to input. Mm-hmm. There's just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a weird relationship with Pitchfork. He said something one time about Pitchfork. He did. I have it written down something here. Something else. Yeah. He, well, Pitchfork is known, and again, anybody correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the snootiest uh, review publication. Pitchfork in their review of. Uh, the Life of Pablo. So before that album was Yeezus. I forget exactly what they gave Yeezus, but they gave uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy a rare. I think it's one of the only times they've ever done this, a 10 out of 10. Hmm. So they gave The Life of Pablo like a 9.2, which was a tremendously good review. They never go above a 9. They never go above a 9. And he tweeted and said... Pitchfork, the album is 30 out of 10. <laughs> so he, he, when Kanye is so confident. Yeah, and, and he was really he was really calling a lot of publications out. He also had a tweet that said to Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, New York Times, and any other white publication, please do not comment on black music anymore. This system is designed for colored people to fail and one of our only voices in music. One of our one of our only ways out is music. Mm. Which amen to Kanye for saying that, but uh, yeah, he has a he has a complicated relationship, <laughs> relationship. with Pitchfork. Oh, so the, 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 I think I think I think they gave Kids See Ghost like a seven point three, which is not a bad review. Oh, it's in yeah. the up. It's a it's it's a good review. I so guess I just, just not was reading it, and they were just so rude towards him. Yeah, I could just tell they were like not kind or gracious towards Kanye. And I guess a lot of people aren't being kind and gracious towards Kanye right now. I, I'll just I'll say this: I, I I I will. I am admitting. I'm admitting that I'm biased. I'm admitting that yeah. I'm not seeing things potentially quote unquote clearly. But I would admit if Kanye came out with a bad album, I'm I'm willing and open to admit that. And and I'm not saying Ye is his best album. Kidsy Ghost is a gem. It and really is. so the idea people talk about this word tribalism. The idea that that somebody coming out and wearing a, a a make America great hat make America great again hat on their Twitter would cause you to um rate their music lower is strange to me. I don't I don't have necessarily the best thought on that, but like mm-hmm. it's at least strange. I, don't, I wouldn't it's even say bad. It's at least interesting. It's at, at least, least could observe it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we can at least observe it. It's conspicuous. <laughs> I, 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 it seems heavily informed, like heavily influenced. Their review of Kids See Ghosts seems heavily influenced. Yes, yes. 
Yes. Okay. And it's not objective. Like, it's an objectively great album. Can we and talk the, the about the album? Yeah. We're going to phase into us. Uh, we're going to phase into a stage of talking about Kids See Ghosts. Okay. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're both novices at this. We're, we're not like experts on Kid Cudi and Kanye West, but no. both have been influenced by each other over the years. 808s and Heartbreak is a critically acclaimed Kanye West album that seems to be considered groundbreaking. Kid Cudi played a huge role in that. That was a groundbreaking part for K- Kid Cudi. Um, Kid Cudi has also struggled with depression. His last album was t- completely trashed by critics. And it sent him into a, a, it seems like a tailspin of depression. And he checked himself into some clinics and got a lot of help. And this is sort of his rebirth. Truly. Um, truly. So <laughs> uh, him and Kanye have always supposedly brought out the best in each other. And that's a lot what happened in this album. Yeah. Uh, what, did you, what did you think about it? I think that listening to it a few times, it's just like Kid Cudi and Kanye feel so free and like mm-hmm. liberated as people. And like, it's a really cool album that kind of explores that. I mean, the song reborn, I, I had like lyrics that I want to say, please, but I think maybe you should read them. Oh, interesting. Do you want to hand me your phone? I was going to say what my top three favorite songs from the Wyoming sessions were. Oh, and reborn is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Reborn from kids. See ghosts is a gem. Everybody should, whether or not you like Kanye West, it's a yeah. good song. Go good listen. Song. So am I just reading the Kanye line? Yeah. Okay. He says, very rarely do you catch me out. Y'all done specially invited guests me out. I love that line. Cause that feels like a five. Yeah, gripe. it really does. And he says, y'all be telling jokes that going to stress me out. As I walk in, I'm like, let's be out. I was off the chain, I was often drained, I was often missed, I was called a saint, what an awesome thing, engulfed the shame, I want all the rain, I want all the pain, I want all the smoke, I want all the blame, cardio, audio, let me jog your brain, caught in the Audi home, we was all detained. All of you are Mario, it's all a game. Just at the end, yeah. this is all just <laughs> this a, is game. All a game, you guys, remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and that's his rap on the uh, song called Reborn. It's and and the theme is being reborn. I mean, it's another thing I would just say. <laughs> the theme is being reborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it is, in a lot of ways, a very Christian album. Kanye yeah. considers himself Christian. Uh, there's a lot of Christian references. There's a lot of Christian sounds and a lot of it's implementation. It's like gospel, which is funny because I gospel, yeah. am surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, what was I going to say? The in that song, there's such a sense of perspective, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's this like perspective that it feels that like in these songs that he, he or Kid Cudi or at least like what the lyrics are trying to do is trying to like bring people into this perspective mm-hmm. almost. I feel like they're enlightened. <laughs> it's a, it's a very settled song. It doesn't feel out of control. It feels like their their message is on point. Their intent is on point. Yeah, like we're a Kanye album and I'm sure he did this intentionally because it's supposed to represent his 
mind to yeah. a certain extent felt very erratic and unpredictable and all over the place. Which was good to right. begin with. Right. I like that personally. Yeah. But this album felt they were focused. It was like it was like okay, so you have to get them all uh that first thought album, train. it really gets me. This he begins and he's like, you have to just say it out loud, get the thoughts out. And like as a artist, whatever, I've been like, I gotta do that. Don't say whatever. <laughs> I have to like I've been trying to like let myself let all the emotions, just like writing them down and saying them out loud. And like it's helped me to like find my center. And yes. like you see that in these albums. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I, I wanna say the albums are so good, and for whatever, I, I don't even know if I recommend them. I, I, I say check them out. That's the difference in a recommendation. Recommendation yeah. is like saying, you need to listen to these. They're important. They're good. I, I, I know you'll enjoy them. I'm not even saying that. I, I'd say they're worth checking out just to see what you think, and we'd be interested to know what you think. Yeah. Um, I want to say this about Kanye. I'm constantly put in this position, and I think... Every Kanye fan has put in a position where we're constantly trying to defend Kanye. And that's fine because I love Kanye and I think his wor- work is important and worthy of defense. So I don't mind necessarily, but I think every Kanye fan resonates with, with this burden of constantly defending Kanye. What I want to draw people's attention to is this very strange, very unique situation with Kanye in terms of art and pop culture. So most people that I know turn on a song or listen to an album or listen to music to feel a vibe. They either want to feel, I I mean, I talk to people that listen to Screamo that want to feel angry. Yeah. That that find a lot of catharsis in screaming and letting go and yelling. Yeah. I think most people that I know want to feel um, calmed soothed. or soothed or, or put into this like happy, tranquil state, you know? I mean, the, 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 the worst version of this is like Jimmy Buffett who likes things about being in Hawaii and, you know, it's not, it's not bad. It's not like an evil thing. It's just like not very interesting. Yeah. I'm not here for that. Kanye, <laughs> you know, as nauseating as it is, we'll talk about his mom being an English professor, him getting a honorary degree from the Art Institute of Chicago. He's very interested in art, and I think in the early days he was mostly this is this is this is the difference between the old Kanye and the new Kanye. And if you yeah. listen to Life of Pablo, he has a whole track that addresses this of like the old Kanye and the new Kanye. The old Kanye was like primarily and I, I'm sure he had always had art in the back of his head, but he was primarily hip-hop focused. I think at some point he became, his his obsession with art trumped his dedication to hip-hop. Was he the old Kanye and then the new Kanye after his mom died? Of That that would be a great, that would be a I whole episode. I wonder how correlated they are. I, I'm sure they're very correlated. Yeah, because sure she very was correlated. like very important yeah. in his life. So... Here's what I'm going to say. This is a personal thing. Okay. And please let me know what you think about this. Me? You, Macy. This kind of goes back to our playlist thing. Like, I approach music in a few ways. I'll, I'll listen to Beach House with the hope of being put into a state. I want to be made to be happy and euphoric and just happy vibes. Yeah. But I also do approach other music with the hope of being disrupted. And there are certain, I, I think there's a value, a high value, 
possibly the highest value in be, us being disruptive. And I think that's the one of the main goals of art, good art. And I think Kanye knows this. And so I think a lot of people approach Kanye with like, oh, I don't like that. And he says that, like, chop up the soul beats. He says that in the old Kanye. Like, the soul beats were a very soothing, fun, nostalgic sound that he tapped into, into his fans. Hmm. Um, but the new Kanye messes with that, knows that they like the soul beats and will introduce one in terms of, like, lift yourself and then start rapping poopity scoop. <laughs> and... <laughs> This, he literally said, I mean, Macy and I have been watching interviews and he literally announced this. He's not made it subtle. He says, I, my life yeah. my, is performance art. And I don't think people understand what performance art is. And he's made it so clear so many times. So, so clear so many times. And this is another thing that we'll talk about someday in terms of Peter Rollins, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's performance art. It's something um, that we'd maybe label punk rock. But there's also another art form that people would call and label Dadaism. Hmm. And Dadaism and punk rock and performance art are all meant to introduce sort of what you call nonsense or lack of hmm. coherence. And they take anything that seems to be a system that's set up on rationality and they flip it on its head and say, actually, there is no rationality. Um. There is no reference point. And I, I absolutely believe that Kanye knows this. And so he, he not only views his music as a chance to introduce kind of nonsense or not, not he doesn't introduce nonsense, he exposes it. He hmm. says it's already here. All of our efforts in terms of building cities and writing books and coming up with structures of theology and philosophy are in, in some ways um, non, not productive, not helpful. So, so he, that's, that's, I know that's his view. That's, that's his goal. Yeah. Um, he's trying to do this performance art. Not the craziest part is he's, he's announced in interviews. He's not only doing this with his music, he's doing it with his life, hmm. his interviews, the way he conducts himself. It's performance art. Yeah. So he's, he, he has a message. He's in, and, and that's why I'm like, I get your question of grace. It's like, there's almost like, well, he's, he's put himself he's like kind of accepted himself to like this lifestyle and like given himself to it almost. Oh, and then add mental illness to it. I don't know what that does. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that, uh, well, we could pop off, but pop my off. friend and I were talking just a lot about this idea of how much we build this like Kanye machine that allows for this to happen and for it to hurt so many people and things like that. And, you know, you have to come to a point of wondering like, you know, like what is good for Kanye and like, there's like a lot of different like psychology around this idea of like fame and what it does for people's mm. mental illness. But then I also was thinking of this idea of like, well, do I not listen to him because he has a mental illness? Mm. Like, no, like we still like, it's just so it's messy. Life's messy. I would encourage anybody, Macy included to go back and look at old Bob Dylan interviews. This is a person that we I read. I saw that that was like one of his biggest influences. Kanye? Well, yeah. first of all, I didn't even know that. So that's pretty and cool. And Fiona. Yeah. Wow. That, that doesn't surprise me. But if you go back and look at Bob Dylan interviews, he treated each and every interview, obviously, as performance art. Hmm. So where people were trying to engage him on a sort of person-to-person, day-to-day rational level, he would always twist and turn their questions into something 
for his own purposes in terms of art. Hmm. And uh, it really confounded people. People hmm. were so frustrated. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm so confused. I'm especially let down by publications like Pitchfork that are so like, you should know about this. You know hmm. what people like Kanye and Bob Dylan do to, yeah. Our, yeah. to, the, to the popular publications at the time. They have the most to gain in terms of their ethos or their mission in terms of upending yeah. these big publications. So like Bob Dylan's biggest and most famous interview was with Time Magazine and just like destroys Time Magazine, you know, and, and the validity of Time Magazine. Yeah. Um, it, it, I should real, explore Bob Dylan. Yeah. Oh, that's, I did, I, I spent a whole sabbatical deep diving Bob Dylan because I knew I had like a date with Destiny. So it was like a three months. A date with Destiny. Yeah. But Bob Dylan exposed maybe the shallowness of pop music coverage at the time. But, but, but the thing is, is that like, I guess, I guess the best way to say it is if it seems safe at the time, it's probably not prophetic. If it seems safe mm. at the time, it's probably not profound. Yeah. It, it's, it's something that, that probably seems dangerous and possibly even nauseating. And Kanye has lines about that, that aren't even very quotable because they're so bad. Yeah. And so um, tactless. But but I have to believe that uh, 10 years from now, everybody will be like, oh, a prophet, an artist, a true hero, brave, you know. But at the time, it's going to be offensive or confounding. Doesn't he have, doesn't he say that he's 10 years in the future? He does, <laughs> which I know is also confounding. And, and it, it puts people in a really weird position to say that, like, if we if we affirm that or agree with it, we're we're conceding and letting him have the final word. And that seems frustrating, but I, I almost want to guarantee that 10 years from now we'll be like, dang, he was right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, Kanye. All right. Do you uh, want to have this quote? Oh, I guess. Okay. Uh, I just heard this. And as I was doing my research today and I was like, Oh, this was so good. Um, okay. It was Kanye in some interview. I don't know where a time magazine. I don't know. More people need to know that they're not effing cool. In today's world, having money has allowed people who are extremely uncool to think that they're cool and carry it like that. People who really are cool and people who really are artists and have ideas have to literally turn in their cool card to society just to make it past the age of 28. It's either die at 28 or turn in your cool pass. I would love to be a part of creating a world that allows the artist to think and create at the highest form and be respected for their ability. Gold. So gold. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? I, and I feel like our friend Greg would agree with that, who wrote the email. <laughs> the artist. <laughs> the artist. And I that's what he's saying almost, right? Yeah, like he's... Yeah. But I just think... It's exposing yourself. It's vulnerability. That's yeah. art. Mm-hmm. Not being cool. And, and I think he's also addressing the hip-hop community, which is cool at all costs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Letting yourself be it. Uh, uh, as we wrap up, I guess I'd say watching interviews, listening to albums, what has it been like for you to... We have another question. Well, what what has it been like for you to process Kanye? Uh, I think it's been confusing. Yeah. I think it's been good, but uh, confusing. I don't really... I'm such a tangen- tangential fan. Like, I'm like a fake Kanye fan. I, like, love Jesus Walks and, like, love when, like, all falls down. But, like, I don't really know the rest of the album. So, like, I'm just such a weird Kanye fan. But it's been interesting he definitely makes me think probably more than most artists so cool kanye i think this isn't even an official kanye, kanye episode 
is, isn't? No, no. I think someday we'll do an official. Kind oh, of yeah, probably. Because I will be, really like, covering love, the album. I really love Life of Pablo. Yeah, yeah. Which is so funny because I only like that because I was a Kanye fan. But like, people don't really. Like for it. example, Chance, he would say Late Registration is his favorite Kanye album, and I probably agree with that. And to if me, Chance that was said pretty, it, then it's well, gotta it's not, be it's, true. It's not. It's not necessarily <laughs> Chance. It's. it's uh, I don't know. He had his he had his sort of his warm up with late register uh, uh, with um He has so many albums. The college dropout. That was his first album. And so that was sort of his warm up, which was a great warm up, but late registration delivered everything we had been hoping and then obviously this is the thing, is like it'd be so fun to really unpack. When was all graduation? Levels. Graduation was after late registration, then it was eight oh eight. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much. But okay. anyways, uh, this has been I think this is good. our conversation on Kanye, kind <laughs> of, in the climate. Thanks for listening. I, I would say, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, if anybody is a Kanye hater, I would say, uh, for, for Kanye haters, I want to say this. Perhaps a different approach would make you a more open-minded fan. If you're, if, you're, if you're approaching Kanye with the hope of being disrupted, hmm. it might work. I hope... <laughs> At this point in my life with Kanye to be disrupted, Jesus did that, which we haven't even talked about. But like, yeah, I, really I, I, I sat down to listen to Jesus with my intern at the time, Anthony, and we were just like <sighs> disrupted, but in the best sense, I think we were just so pumped. Yeah. But it was jarring, it was gross, it was uh, painful. Um, but I think not, I think I know he was doing that intentionally. And if you want to be disrupted by music, it's not just Kanye. There are other artists that yeah. are out there oh, trying yeah. to do that. And so there, there. there's one way to approach a song or a music or, or, or a musician, and it's saying, I want to be comforted. I want to have some background music. I, I have that. I have Pandora stations set to that, and that's great. But there is other art and there's other music that's meant to mess with you yeah. and make it's you feel a lot you. of weird emotions, and Kanye does that. Yeah. Peace out. This is a zeitgeist episode. Macy has put down her microphone. <laughs> this is the new meme. Everybody put down your microphone. We're done.